Welcome to Medical Matters Weekly with Dr. Trey Dobson, presented by Southwestern Vermont Healthcare and Catamount Access Television. Welcome, everyone. Today is September 14th, 2022, and this is a live show. I'm Trey Dobson, Chief Medical Officer at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center and an emergency medicine physician with Dartmouth Health. And this is Medical Matters Weekly, a show about the aspects of healthcare that matter to you most. My guest today is Rachel Desitel. Did I pronounce your name right, Rachel? You sure did. Awesome. And she is the executive director of Girls on the Run, Vermont. Uh, and she has been in that position since 2019. Is that right? I have been, yes, the executive director. I took that position in, at the end of 2019. That's right. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. She's also just a few uh, things, background on Rachel. She served as a statewide program manager and coordinator for Northern Vermont uh, and a volunteer coach. Uh, she worked for more than a dozen years as a national television and radio media buyer, which I'm going to ask questions about that because that's really cool, and then earned a bachelor's degree in communication and media studies from Pennsylvania State University. So where are you right this moment, Rachel? I am in uh, my office for Girls in the Run Vermont in Williston, Vermont. Williston. And you have a really cool background there uh, that shows, is that the mission of Girls on the Run? We ins Why don't you read that out loud? That would be great. It is the mission. We inspire girls to be joyful, healthy, and confident using a fun, experience-based curriculum that creatively integrates running. That's fantastic. So, um, yeah, well, we just want to learn a little bit about you first before we get into subject matter. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, how you eventually got into this particular role. Well, where am I from? Let's see. I um, really spent my childhood predominantly growing up um, outside of Phoenix, uh, Arizona and Glendale. Mm -hmm. and lived there till I uh, was about 13 and then moved um, to right outside of Pittsburgh where my family uh, is is still um, still lives there and the rest of my my family is also from Pittsburgh which was what made us move there and um, I went to uh, Penn State and uh, graduated with a degree in communications and um, as many folks who graduate with a degree in communications will say, had no idea what I thought I wanted to do with that and uh, found a job in New York City, um, an entry level position with national media buying for, for television. And um, that's where I went. It's awesome, but you're not there anymore. So then what happened to get you to Vermont? Oh, gosh. So I worked uh, at a few different ad agencies um, in a pretty cool industry, I have to say, very, very different from what I'm doing now. And uh, we, you know, in, in my particular position, I was responsible for buying airtime with national uh, television uh, networks and placing ads on behalf of our clients um, in, in predominantly primetime and daytime television. And then uh, eventually dabbled a little bit in, in some radio, but predominantly stuck with the, the national television platform for those 13 or 14 years that I, that I worked for various uh, agencies in New York City and then eventually in New Jersey because I started a family and didn't, um, didn't want to be in the city any longer. So my husband and I uh, migrated out in, into Jersey. And um, when the kids were 
pretty small. They were probably three and five. We decided to make the move um, to Vermont. And my husband grew up in Burlington. So that's how we landed here and made the conscious decision that this would be where we would want to raise our children. Um, So when I got here, it was didn't take very long to realize that I was not going to be able to duplicate my career uh, doing what I was doing in New York City in that market. And so made the decision, a family decision that I would stay home. And my daughter was, uh, like I said, she was four at that point. So she had one more year before kindergarten. And it was a real blessing to spend that time with her. But if I'm being extremely transparent and honest, it was a, a very difficult identity crisis for me going from somebody who worked. Sure. Um, who really wrapped up a lot of my, um, a lot of my identity and and worth and um, pride in my job. And then uh, no, just no longer having that one day and then, and moving to a new state and, um, and certainly not to negate the value and and the joyous uh, feeling of, of being home with your kids. Right. But it was, it was, it was difficult. It was, it was a challenge for me and, and it didn't take also long to find out that this was, that was not what I was, (laughs) how I was built that I needed, that I needed to work. So, yeah. So that's how. And, And are you a runner yourself? I am. Yes. Currently training for what I truly believe will be my last marathon. (laughs) So it's a a lot on my bones and my joints. And I have one sibling and he's eight years younger than me. And he has convinced me to run um, this this first marathon with him for him with him and um, thought that I had hung up my marathon shoes a few years ago. So this is, it's, it's fun. It's wonderful to have a goal, but my goodness, it's, um, it's a lot of miles to put on. Yeah. You have something in common with Tom Brady. Then uh, you hung it up and you're back out there. So that's, yeah, I'm that's just fantastic. like Tom Brady. Thank you very much for noticing that. <laughs> you know, back to what you were talking about earlier, that is um, such a struggle with parenthood, you know, um, you know, both for women and men, uh, predominantly often with women, but now it is, you know, it's getting more with men as well. And uh, there is no right answer. And I think that's, what's really important for people to understand. It's the right answer is the right answer for you, not what someone else is doing. And, uh, and I'm so happy that you've, you know, you've found something and that you've uh, made yourself with your family. And it's just wonderful to hear. So tell us a little bit about Girls on the Run. Give us a, an overview of what the organization is about. Sure. So um, my neighbor, Uh, was the one who introduced me to the program when I moved to Williston and she was coaching her daughter in a program that I had never heard of and didn't have any familiarity with. And her daughter's just a few years older than mine. So I started coaching this program and truly immediately fell in love with the mission and the program and the messages and the content. And um, to this day, you know, how many, how many years later, anytime I'm talking to a coach or Uh, anybody about the program, I always say that these lessons that we teach the kids 100% translate from the kids to the adults. We will gain just as much from the program being being involved as, as a mentor or a volunteer as the kids do, because these lessons are just they're just, they're very transferable. Um, so the program is um, 
ultimately established to help girls foster a sense of self-esteem and uh, build their self-confidence. And we do that through um, a number of ways, but mostly um, through the social emotional uh, impact piece of the, of the lessons in the curriculum. And I know it's called Girls in the Run, and we immediately think of the physical component, which is also extremely important, of course. But I, I know that sure. what sets Girls in the Run apart from um, some other programming available is that we focus on the entire girl, the social, emotional, and the physical. And those mm-hmm. those lessons, um, they really resonate. You know, some of the lessons are about, you know, positive self-talk, for example, is one of our lessons. And, and you know, as a woman, as, as, an, as an adult, as a human, I mean, how many times have have we said something negative to ourselves about ourselves, whether it's a physical attribute or, or, or something else, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not, I don't, I can't stand my X, Y, or Z body part. Right. You know, so we try to, we try to instill these positive messages in kiddos because by age eight, you know, girls have already, their self-esteem is, is already, you know, you know, lower than boys at such a young age. So we we aim to to lift up, and it's a program that we do in the spring. It's twice a week for an hour and a half, and it's typically mm-hmm. in the after school hours. And it's we uh, train co- volunteer coaches to mentor these kiddos and facilitate the lessons. And every there's uh, you know it's ten weeks twice a week, so it's twenty lessons. So across the span of the of the season. Girls learn various lessons, like I said, about self, um, positive self-talk, friendship, um, real beauty. Uh, we've got some really, really great ones about being community members and making a positive impact in your community. Um, and we pair all of these and, and sort of um, weave in, if you will, physical components to build up their endurance. So at the culmination of the season, they are physically able to complete a 5k. And we always say, you know, you can run it, you can walk it, you can skip it, you can jump it as long as you're moving forward with forward momentum, and you're smiling and you're feeling joyful. um, And you're 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 completing that goal. And it's non competitive. And it's an extremely high energy, um, joyful way to complete their season. Boy, skipping it would be very difficult uh, as a runner myself. I'm not sure I can skip a 5K. Um, I think that's great. You know, you just taught me. I've known a little bit about Girls in the Run, but not much. I didn't realize it was so programmatic. Um, And that kind of leads to my next question, which is um, a a question, you know, I'm going to ask just to bring it up and and hear the answer. Uh, Also, boys go through similar uh, Mm -hmm. and and sometimes different uh, pressures. Um, what is the reason for focusing on girls? And do you know of equivalent type of programs for boys? It is a great question. And we do get it all the time. So when yeah. this program was developed in 1996 in Charlotte, North Carolina, by a woman named Molly Barker, she was looking to create a space specifically for girls. Because mm-hmm. as you know, we all know, there's a lot of opportunity for, for boys in, in various arenas, and whether it be sports or other areas, for them to feel the same sort of an, an empowerment um, and self-confidence. So, you know, many years ago when she established this program, it was the focus was on girls. And it continues to be because there's a lot of there's I can even remember myself being, you know, young girl and being even in class as an example and feeling the competition and, and 
trying to find the airspace for, you know, being around some of those, some, some boys right now, it doesn't mean that it's just boys. And I don't mean to necessarily, and this is just my experience. Right. Um, so we wanted to just create, she wanted to create a space for just, just girls <clears throat> mm-hmm. at, in this moment in time, I will tell you that, um, as long as you are not a boy that identifies as a boy, you are welcome to be in girls in the run. So our non-binary transgender, <clears throat> if you identify as a girl, excuse me, you, this is a, a wonderful program for you and coaches and all the participants. Um, because like we were saying, this message is universal, right? This is, this is a very, um, it's a very relatable uh, space for, for a lot of folks. So we want to make sure that, everybody feels welcome. And, and I almost hesitate sometimes to use the word girl, because I I don't want to isolate, you know, other children that can that could be a part of the program too, and feel maybe feel vulnerable or unsure about being in it. But I rest assured that they are also very welcome. um, If they want to be a part of the program. No, that's great. You did a great job explaining it, and that's what I wanted to get out. Um, I, I mean, I, there are definitely benefits to having safe spaces, uh, especially uh, as children develop, a- as long as there's also inclusivity in other aspects and other opportunities. And there are, and that's exactly what what you outlined. And I, I think it's I think right. it's wonderful. So you kind of described some of the programmatic uh, aspects to it. Are you um, measuring outcomes, and if so, how do you do that? We did have a really wonderful study by Dr. Maureen Weiss um, a few years back, and she measured um, both the physical and and as much as she could, the social and emotional growth that happens from from being a participant in Girls on the Run. It's it's on our website. I would encourage anybody to go and and check it out and see some of those um, measurable outcomes. But you know, the bottom line is the girls feel healthier, they feel more empowered, they feel they've improved their physical activity, uh, they feel more connected to their community, um, and they they feel stronger and more resilient as a part as a as a um, product of being in this particular program. So uh, as measurable as we can can be, uh, we have been and. I can tell you for our own council, we have girls fill out forms, surveys at the end of the season. And it, it, it's basic. It's like five questions. You know, what did you like about Girls in the Run? What did you learn about Girls in the Run? Uh, what do you tell your friends about Girls in the Run? Questions like that. And I think there's no better measure of the uh, of the the outcome of this program than to collect these surveys from the girls and they usually fill them out in marker because that's what they're given throughout the season so this rainbow of colors of answers from these girls writing in their most creative spelling and you know depending on what level they're at because you know this is for third through eighth graders so um and to hear them say that i am unique There's nobody else like me. I can do anything. I learned that I want to be um, healthier and I want to uh, learn to eat uh, better. And I know that sleep is important to me and it's, it's, it's not good to gossip and it's good to support my friends and all the different variations that they respond with. I just don't know what other measure, you know, um, to know that this is, this is impactful in a really positive way. Right. Well, you know, um, as a scientist, I'm focused often on objective data, but there are subjective data that's incredibly important for certain things, and this being one of them, 
you know, how do you measure someone's well-being? You, you could do it very objectively uh, with questionnaires at the beginning, in the middle, in the end. But is that really what you're going for? Um, nope, you're going to help people emotionally and physically. And you know it works. There's been plenty of research on running. And, uh, and you don't need that to, to bolster what you're doing. I just I did know that you did follow some measurements. And so I was curious. By the way, um, you know, I, I first off just also want to say thank you. Uh, thank you to you and all of your staff and all those people who have been working on this. Running changed my life at, uh, between the eighth and ninth grade. I was lucky because I stumbled on it on my own, but it changed me physically and mentally and emotionally. And, um, you know, some people don't have that opportunity and you're providing it to them. So thank you. Oh, well, I, I appreciate hearing that. And it's nice to hear that you found it um, because it is a lifelong skill. And it's it's not, again, it's not just, there's not just physical benefits to moving your body in that way. I mean, there's so much research on the benefits, you know, mentally, uh, emotionally, and, and psychologically for the benefit of that. And, um, and, and it is, it is, um, a staff that we work with to make sure that the programming is available. We have a very, very supportive board of directors. We're a statewide council. So we have wonderful support from our partners um, that really make it possible because, you know, there is, there's a cost to doing what we do. And it's, it's nice to know that there's so much support out there to help. Um, you know, we really just want to serve as many, as many kiddos as we possibly can. So some of the specifics for those in the audience who are thinking more about getting involved, and we'll kind of talk about the volunteer aspect, but when you talk about the 5K that it, that it culminates, is it one 5K in the state, or do people sign up for multiple different 5Ks? It's a great question. So pre-pandemic, our last season in 2019, before the pandemic hit, we served 2,500 girls statewide for our spring season. Um, we, um, and we are in every County, certainly not in every school. Um, we, we try our best to make it available to everybody that we can. Um, so in this past season for 2022, we were about 1800 girls. So we're building, you know, back up as, as much as we can. And we, previous to COVID, we hosted three statewide five Ks. Um, we now are doing two. We do one at the fairgrounds in Essex, um, and we do one in Manchester and, um, the girls uh, complete their season and they they choose one of those five Ks, depending on which one is most accessible to them. And the whole team goes. So, um, for example, in Essex, we had about um, eleven hundred girls, four hundred coaches, wow. um, about a thousand running buddies um, and and some community members that we opened it up to. And then all the spectators and support. So it is a it's a beautiful culmination of the season for so many reasons. And there's music and there's um, activities and the sponsors have activities there. Um, and uh, we have, we do it in waves and, and the girls bibs, you know, say their names so that folks, anybody can cheer for them. Um, oh. And there's cowbells and there's just, it's just such a magical, magical uh, event. And our we couldn't do it without our volunteers. We couldn't have the season without our coaches. So, so much of our organization is driven by our volunteers. And um, uh, it's it's a lot of fun to go to one. I, I would highly recommend that if anyone listening has not been to a Girls in the Run 5K, whether it be as a volunteer or a spectator, or you have a kiddo that's of age, I would I would highly recommend it. It's It's a pretty uplifting event. Yeah, that's that's large. That's you know over a uh, thousand to two thousand people. Um, that energy is must be incredible. 
palpable. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the website where families can learn more about this, but I'll go ahead and ask some of the, um, you know, standard questions Uh, for volunteers. Is it um, predominantly women that volunteer or do men volunteer as well? So yes to both questions. It is predominantly women that volunteer, but we absolutely love and embrace when we have male volunteers as well. Um, and you do not have to be a runner to be a coach. Uh, it's certainly um, helpful if if one of the coaches on the team is able to sort of keep up with the girls um, and, and run with them because there's a lot of rich conversation that happens during uh, the workout mm-hmm. portion of the lesson. So many times, I mean, I know when I used to coach, I used to, you know, jump in and run, run with the girls and help them process whatever the theme of the day is and ask them questions and just check in, how are you doing? But not all coaches are runners. There's, there's a, a job or a responsibility or a duty, if you will, for everybody. Um, somebody helps, you know, is just setting up the cones and the materials for the lesson. And another coach might be the person that, you know, is taking attendance and, um, you know, walking girls from point A to point B. So it really is a team effort. These coaching teams and, and the various roles and responsibilities um, vary. And it's certainly not um, it's certainly not uh, just one one size fits all as, as who we look for to be a coach. And what type of age distribution are the girls? Uh, they range from third through eighth grade. So we have two core programs within Girls in the Run. Girls in the Run itself is for our third through fifth graders. Many times that bleeds over into sixth grade, depending on the school structure. So if you if you're a K through six school, we, we would not exclude the sixth graders necessarily. And then we have a right. six through eight program, which is our heart and soul. The curriculum is developed a little bit differently. Um, you know, obviously they're um, they're in a developmentally they're in a different stage, so the lessons are a little bit different and the topics are a little bit different um, to be more age appropriate. Um, and so, while we wouldn't necessarily exclude a sixth grader from a, a girls in the run program, we really don't encourage the fifth graders to be a part of the heart and soul program, so that you know the content is it stays you know in that safe place where an eighth grader, for example, feels still really comfortable processing and sharing um, where they might they might not with a younger a younger kiddo in the group. And do some of the um, kids, are they allowed to repeat, you know, third, fourth and fifth grade uh, doing? OK, so it's not just a one year and, and you're done. Right. So, for example, I had uh, the unbelievable pleasure and privilege of coaching my own daughter, and she did it when she was third grade and fourth grade. And it was amazing to watch the transformation of my 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 quiet and a little bit shy and reserved third grader entering girls in the run and then seeing her transform into fourth grade being one of the leaders that was really trying to mentor the younger girls that came in and herself i mean the program worked for her exactly as it's designed to do you know she opened up she gained confidence um she took on a leadership role um you know the the lessons are similar from season to season but the girls always absorb it very differently as they move through the program. So um, even though the, some of the lessons may seem familiar or similar to the to the past season, we have a couple of versions of our curriculum that we rotate. Um, they definitely have an opportunity to shine in different ways um, when they when they do it year two or year three and, and so on and so forth. I also, you know, just think I, I, I imagine the importance of this program um, was incredibly important in the 90s when it came about 
but I find it maybe even more important today with, uh, you know, really almost less opportunity to be outside and more opportunity to be on side with screens, um, inside with screens. And we talk about that all the time. And, you know, that's not just kids, that's adults as well. But um, anything to get people outdoors and physically active, just doing that has got to help their emotional well-being uh, as well. And then, of course, incorporating the programmatic aspect. Let me let me ask you, um, tell us a good story. I'm putting you on the spot here because I didn't tell you. Tell us a good story about a change you saw in a person. You just talked about your daughter, which is a great one. Uh, but do you have any others? I know you have plenty. Oh um, maybe just a general idea. There's, um, gosh, there's so there's so many. Yeah. So there was um, a little girl that I coached and I haven't coached for a long time, but I, I, I remember this little one and she was, um, I wouldn't describe her as shy. I would describe her as um, a girl that clearly struggled with um, atten- attention seeking and, and didn't really have um, a supportive home life and probably was mimicking in girls in the run very much. So what it looks like with her in class or in in any other uh, um, activity um, or setting. And the first few lessons were challenging, right? Because she was acting out. She, you know, had a lot of things going on and that didn't change throughout the season, her, her, her home life and her challenges and her obstacles you know, girls in the run can't change that, but to see her gravitate towards me and really start building her trust. And, um, oh my goodness, she was such a love. (laughs) Mm. She grew, she grew in ways that, um, and she, you know, she settled down. She still was boisterous, but she just started to really have an appreciation for the program and for her, her teammates and um, entrusting in me and the other coaches. And she just brightened my day every single time I went to coach. And I could tell that we were a real bright spot for her too. So, um, and then watching her at the 5k um, just beaming with pride and smiling from ear to ear because she finished was just, um, it was, it was pretty, pretty awesome. That's great. It's a great story. There's probably, you know, thousands of those. Uh, and and I can't imagine any any negative stories coming out of such a great program. What do you see in the future for Girls on the Run? Um, stay the course. Sorry, I had to throw the pun in there. Stay the course. Or do you see it um, expanding in a different way? Oh, there's so much opportunity for Girls on the Run. You know, I mean, Oh, the goal will always be, the mission will always be to serve as many girls as possible, to expose as many girls as possible to the positivity of, of this program, hands down. But there's so much potential um, with with uh, outside of Girls in the Run and engaging girls outside of our season. Um, <clears throat> we, you know, we, we don't program in the fall and we don't program in, in the summer. So there's opportunity there. I don't know if it'll happen anytime soon, but we are always working on staying uh, relevant in, in, in these girls' lives because some of these girls come to Girls in the Run and they have all the support they need at home and it's, just, it's reinforced at Girls in the Run. And then there are some girls like the little one that I just described where Girls in the Run is maybe one of the few places that they receive such positivity and um, comfort. So 
to only have them for 10 weeks feels way too short of a time for me. So we work on outside of our season programming and opportunities to engage girls um, as often as we can. And, and I feel like there will be more of that when we move, move down the line and as time progresses. But, you know, we do have um, a, a benefit in the fall that we, we put on every year, you know, just um, to help raise some, some, you know, critical funding for the program and to celebrate the season. Um, and, you know, we do our coach trainings in the winter. So we're able to engage with our coaches, you know, off season in that way as well. So we do work on um, opportunities to engage the community outside of the season. You mentioned fundraising. If um, if a listener is, is interested in supporting the program, can they do that through the website? You certainly can. So there is a place that you can learn about the program uh, on the website. You can learn about uh, opportunities to donate and to give. We also host uh, uh, something that we call the Sneaker Soiree. It's coming up on October 15th. It will be held in Burlington at, at Burlington Beer Company. And it's uh, a super fun event. Um, so you dress up in cocktail attire and you wear your comfiest, craziest, silliest sneakers with it. And there's um, there's a bit of a program um, where we highlight a girl's story and share that with folks. And then there's uh, music and entertainment and um, just opportunities and, and fun ways to to contribute to the organization if you are so moved. That's great. Well, as we close here, Rachel, uh, when is your marathon? What marathon are you running? We are running the Atlantic City Marathon on October 23rd. Wow. Uh, great. Good luck with that. Uh, I know it'll be <laughs> yeah. fun. It will be fun. It will be fun. It may not be your last, though. Uh, it's hard to stop. <laughs> it is hard to stop, but I I really do enjoy running, and I think that when I'm when I'm training and I have to put that many miles on, it feels more like a job for me personally. I know yeah. lots of folks enjoy it, but uh, I like to run for the joy of running. Um, so I I will get back to that when this is over. <laughs> but until then, it's nice to have a goal, and I feel really accomplished. You know, like like anybody, when you achieve anything, it's it's it feels pretty good when you achieve something and you make make a goal. You know, come to fruition. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Ray. It's been really really nice. Thank you so much. I'll also thank Mike Cutler from Cat TV, Ray Smith from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare, Ashley Jowett from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare. I'm Trey Dobson. Go out and find joy in everything you do, even in the face of adversity and even in the face of a long marathon. And we will see you next week.